go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. <sighs> Should I say my name? Yeah, do it. You don't want to call me like ham cakes or anything like that? <laughs> or is that safe for another uh, show? Uh, we I usually save it for another show, but if you want me to. No, too late. I'm Joe. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh <laughs> Why is it that your Red Sox hat looks new and old at the same time? Because uh, it is kind of new and old at the same time. Because the bill looks dirty, but the, the hat itself looks clean. Because I wear it on and off. I don't wear it as much. Uh-huh. It, I, <coughs> so I made a, I made a deal with my, my sister-in-law, and I said, if the Red Sox win the World Series, I'm going to retire my hat. And, this is, and she said, well, I'll buy you a new one then. So I'm like, okay. So I retired my hat, and she did get me a new one. I have a new Red Sox hat, which I don't wear. It looks just like my B hat. It's right here. Because you want it to stay nice, right? Well, no, I don't. It doesn't. It's just getting to the point where I've been wearing it for like eight years. Mm-hmm. It's got like crap on it. But in the meantime, I was wearing this one, and I don't want to get that one dirty, dirty. That's what I mean. That, the, the new one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So keep it nice. Um, I wear this one, which has got the white bill, or it's got the white, whatever you want to call it, the quarter panel. Yeah. With the Red Sox logo on it, because I actually like it. Now, are you a functional hat wearer or a stylish hat wearer? What do you mean? There's people that wear hats just for fucking style, just to put on a pose. And then there's people that wear it because it actually there's a function of wearing a hat. They're the purpose that it's made for. Probably a little both. Hmm. Um, I just like baseball hats. Yeah. I've always liked them. One of the things that has always driven me nuts about people when they put their hats on, a lot of them, they don't care about the hair, their, their, their hair being pushed down in front of their foreheads when they put the hat on. And I can't stand anything touching my forehead. So when I used to wear a hat, I always made sure I tucked my hair back on the top. On yeah, the- I do the same thing. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have a thing about hats. Like no. if you're gonna, I, I, you are who you are. Here's my thing. If you wear your hat like barely on your head and it's sideways, yeah, you're a tool. Mm. But. <laughs> Only if you're after a certain age. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're if you're in your mid thirties and you're still wearing your hat like you're twelve years old. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. Um other than that You listen to Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. But for for other than that, I mean, I honestly I've stopped caring about that stuff. Yeah. And it, and I have to I mean, it's such a dumb thing to get angry about in the first place because yeah. Like, I get mad when I'm watching baseball and I see those guys wearing their hats sideways. And I'm like, respect the uniform. You have to respect the uniform. But whatever. That's just me. <clears throat> In personal life, however you want to dress and whatever else, as long as it's not bothering or affecting me. I when I was a teenager, I had a black Dodgers hat. And I, um, I would purposely wear it sideways. Not crooked, t- tilted, but actually sideways. And the reason why I did it was because... I like to do things a little bit differently than everybody else because I, I, you know, it's like my own little rebellious thing or nonconformity thing where I, I, you know, everyone either wears it forward or backwards. I want to do it different. So that's why I did it that way. Yeah. Now, if I wore a hat, which I don't because my head's too big for hats. Hats don't look right on my head to me. Maybe everyone else doesn't notice it, but I notice it and it fucking bothers me. When I wear a hat, it looks like. No, I mean, hats, you have to wear a hat that fits your head. Yeah. Like. I keep worrying about this. This is me. If my hat f- is fitting yeah. my head, because sometimes it'll ruffle on. Like one of the hats ruffles on the side and uh-huh. bugs me because it it looks good. 
but it's it just pisses me off. That's why the Boston Red Sox hat was such it's perfect because it fits my head. Yeah, and I've had it for such a long time. Um, by the way, I was going to use a so I was going to intro you as Carpet Fresh today. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mike, and sitting across from me is Carpet Fresh, but you may name him as Joe or may call him Joe. You can call me Carpet Fresh on uh, on, on cocktails. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so lemony fresh, lemony fresh. <laughs> so in my, I have my brother's hat, and that one he wore, he wore that all the time. And uh, once in a while, like I have a I have a Patriots beanie, and I I only wear I haven't worn that yet this year. So beanies, dude. I I would like to wear my Raiders beanie, but it fucking no. I have oh. like the I I have like the full on fucking yeah. stocking cap. Yeah, it know? just my head gets way too hot with it, man. I. Do you know I have like five like, like that? Yeah, I have like five Tom Brady cologne um, beanies. Cologne beanies? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Big Lots. If you ever went to Big Lots during like Christmas time or after post Christmas, they had a bunch of like you know excess things, and they had Tom Brady had his own cologne for a while. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I think it was All American or some shit, and it fucking smelled awesome. And I got a killer deal, and I used to wear a lot of cologne because I used to smoke. This is probably called Big Dick. So I always wanted to cover the smell of smoking with cologne. So I bought a shitload of those because they had them for like five bucks each. Which doesn't cover the smell of smoking. It, it just now it smells like smoke and cologne. Yeah, I mean, it helps a little it's bit. Like a, but yeah, yeah. Like tobacco-flavored cologne. Yeah, so, but I, I would end up buying as many of those as I could find. And they would uh, a lot of them would come with this fucking little blue Tom Brady uh, All-American cologne beanie. Right. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah, I've got a few of those that... I don't. I don't. I, I don't have the cologne anymore, though. The cologne's gone. But yeah, I think you can bring it. And put it on your. Put it on your uh, microphone. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got today? Uh, we are talking about uh, Ralph breaks the internet. The internet. My the internet. The internet. Which I still. I don't care about their dumb explanation in the in the trailer. It, you should have just called it wreck Ralph's the internet. I, Wreck it, wreck it, Ralph's the internet. Ralph wrecks, <laughs> yeah, wreck, wreck, Ralph, Ralph, little Wreck it, Ralph's the internet. Ralph wrecks the internet. I think maybe they changed it because they thought kids couldn't say it properly or something. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wreck Ralph, it. I want to see Ralph wreck the internet. Wreck it, wreck it, Ralph's the internet. <laughs> Ralph wrecks the internet, and instead it's Ralph breaks the internet. Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, let's get into some of this shit. All right. Wreck-It Ralph is a 2018 American 3D computer animated comedy film produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Animation, or Walt Disney Pictures. It is the studio's 57th feature-length film. It is the second installment of the Wreck-It Ralph film series uh, and a sequel to the 2012 film Wreck-It Ralph. Directed by Rich Moore and Phil Johnston, written by Johnston and Pamela uh, Ribon, or Ribon. Executive produced by... John Lasseter, Chris Williams, and Jennifer Lee, featuring John Riley, Sarah Silverman, Jack McBrayer, Jane Lynch, and Ed O'Neill, who are reprising their roles from the first film, and not introducing, but um, Alan Tudyk, uh, returning to voice a new character, along with Gail Gadot, Taraji P. Hansen, or Henson, and Bill Hader, and Alfred Molina. Um... It marks the first f- feature-length theatrical sequel from Walt Disney Animation Studios since Pooh, Winnie the Pooh in 2011, which was a sequel to the 77 animated film, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It is also the studio's first animated sequel to be created by the original team's film writing and directing team. Ralph Breaks the Internet had its world premiere at the El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles and was released in the United States on November 21st, 2018. Two hundred or one hundred seventy-five million dollar budget. Yep. All right. 
Uh, let's do this, man. All right, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope Von Schweetz have been best friends since their misadventures six years ago, hanging out every night after work in Litwax Family Fun Center in Arcade. While Ralph is content with his current life, Vanellope admits to being bored with her game's predictability and wishes for something more. The next day, Ralph attempts to cheer her up by creating a special a secret bonus track during a race. Vanellope overwrites player control to test it out, but the resulting conflict between her and the player results with the uh, steering wheel controller being destroyed. Since the company that made Sugar Rush is defunct, one of the kids finds a replacement for Mr. Litwack on eBay. Unfortunately, Mr. Litwack finds it too expensive and has no choice but to unplug Sugar Rush, leaving the game's citizens homeless. I, after watching the movie, my whole problem with this entire opening sequence was why didn't they just introduce a new stand-up, a new video game, which was the, uh, what is it, the Skull Crusher or whatever the fuck oh, it was. Oh, yeah, 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 it was the Slaughter Race. Yeah, so... Yeah, the slaughter race, right? Why didn't they introduce that as the new video game in in Litwax Arcade Parlor? Mm-hmm. And it and it had access to the to the internet, as it were. Okay, so that's the the first stand up arcade game that would have access to the internet. Okay, okay, and then you would have Vanellope trying to get into that game, and then. Uh, as as the whole thing goes on, you know, you know they have, they still have to do Wi-Fi, internet, blah blah blah. But as because her game has been wrecked, <laughs> pardon the pun. <clears throat> so her game gets unplugged, and all the people are saved. Yeah, and then they introduce Sugar Rush Two, which is basically hold on, I, I have an itch. <laughs> I can't think and scratch at the same time. <laughs> um, they introduce Sugar Rush 2, which is Sugar Rush plus Slaughterhouse mixed together. So she gets all new tracks, mm-hmm. right? And then she's able to continue on. Yeah. I don't understand why they didn't go with that as so, something as simple as that when they went real complicated with this. I th- I think it feeds into the whole completely changing your 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 environment. So like cuz the whole moral of this film, right, is is Letting your friends go so that they can go and achieve their dreams. Right, but I mean, right. you could still do that with Sugar Rush Two or Slaughterhouse. You know, there would be Sugar Rush Two Slaughter Race or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. right? So even then, the the new game Slaughter Slaughter Race. Yeah, like they introduce a new driving game, but she's unhappy with it, and then they come up with Sugar Rush Two, the Slaughter Race or whatever, yeah. right? After seeing Slaughter Race in the in the video game world in and of itself. I think that okay. they're really just really trying to push it because if you remember by the end of the film, she's super busy now because now she's on an internet game and it's constantly running almost like 24-7, right? Right. So she doesn't even really have time to spend with him anymore. So it's supposed to be even more about the whole him accepting the fact that she's doing what she loves to do. Yeah, but again, I mean, I understand that in the second movie it's bigger new world, right? Yeah. And in the third movie you bring it back to the smaller world. And that's fine. That's that's It is what it is. But in in this case, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, here, let me see. Most of this fucking movie didn't work. Later that night, after conversing with Fix-It Felix Jr. and Tappers, Ralph decides to enter the internet via Mr. Litwax's recently installed Wi-Fi router to obtain the new wheel on eBay. Uh, Ralph brings Vanellope with... Ralph brings Vanellope with to... Ralph brings Vanellope with him to eBay and win the bid to obtain the wheel, but... Are, Unable to pay for the item with only this movie's a fucking eBay commercial. Twenty-four hours to acquire the needed money. The two turn to Spamly 
who gives them a lucrative job of stealing a valuable car belonging to Shank from Slaughter Race. Ralph and Vanellope steal the car but are forced to return it. Shank compliments Vanellope's driving skills and points the duo towards BuzzTube. After meeting the yes with yes and learning they are already making profit, Ralph decides to subject himself to a series of videos off popular trends to get the money they need. So, I mean, again, they didn't need to go in this direction when they could have just used Slaughter Race as the new video game in Litwax, you know, as 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 a way of letting everyone know that times they are a changing, right? Yeah. So what they could do is, again, Sugar Rush 2, Slaughter Race, right? Yeah. So they, they introduced that, but it's an online game, and it can be played online at the arcade with other players yeah. and it can be played just like you know like they have in 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 the movie uh where it's it's 24 7 right yeah so <clears throat> again which brings it to a wider audience with you know the bigger world but also remains connected to home that's what i'm trying to say yeah and i i just i like i said I think that they were trying to do way too much with this movie and and try to placate the younger crowd yeah. by saying, look how hip we are, we know these things. This movie feels like a shitty, trendy version of Ready Player One. Yes. And, um, all right, so yeah, we'll get more into that. Um, so as Ralph's videos become a viral sensation, an excited Vanellope joins Jess's staff in spamming users with pop-up ads. A concerned Ralph convinces Yes to send Vanellope to a Disney fan site where she meets the Disney princesses while escaping the First Order's stormtroopers. Vanellope befriends the princesses, and the princesses encourage her to directly address her sense of feeling unfulfilled in life. Meanwhile, Ralph finally earns all the money he needs to pay for the wheel and immediately informs Vanellope while he goes to eBay to pay for the item. When Vanellope does not show up... His second call causes him to overhear her confessing to Shank she wants to stay that she wants to stay in Slaughter Race because its unpredictability and ending challenges made her feel so alive. Horrified at the thought of Vanellope leaving him, Ralph turns to Spamley for a way to make Slaughter Race more too boring for Vanellope by slowing everything down. Spamley takes Ralph to meet uh, Double Dan and receives an insecurity virus which replicates any flaw it finds. When Ralph uh, unleashes the virus in Slaughter Race, it replicates Vanellope's glitch across the game, triggering a server triggering a server reboot and forcing Ralph to rescue Vanellope before he re- uh, the reboot deletes her. Yeah, and see, that's I, I don't have a pro- I, I never had a problem with the Disney stuff. That was fine because they actually made fun of themselves. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But it's this part right here. When Vanellope does not show up, his second call causes him to overhear her confessing to Shank. She wants to stay in Slaughter Race because it's unpredictability. And then he gets all butthurt and, you know. A little and, obsessive. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, then he goes and finds a virus to to try to slow. And you know that's where everything is going to go. Yeah. Completely fucking off the rails. And yeah, God. And you know it's, it just goes into extremely predictable, you know, territory where you know what's going to happen. Like, right. for the most part. You know he's going to fuck up really bad. She's going to hate him. There's going to be an argument, Right. And then all of a sudden, he does something to redeem himself, and then she learns to love him again. And then yeah. everything's kosher. Yeah, and, and and they they didn't need this Ralph terms to Spanley for a way to make Slaughter Race too boring. Again, 
if they had done it right, they they could have just had a new video game. It would be at this point where they had like Slaughter Race video game plugged in, yeah, you know, and introduced at at uh, Litwax place, right? Yeah, and and um, Shank. When, when you know Shank and, and all of her friends, like it has different characters and stuff like that. So Ralph could say, "Hey, they already have a slaughterhouse. They replace. They're going to replace blah 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 Sugar Rush Two. Mm-hmm. But you know what? What it turns out to be is I'm not Sugar Rush Two. What it turns out to be is that Slaughter Race is just a new version of Sugar Rush. You know, it has the Sugar Rush tracks on it, but also other tracks that you can you can play yeah. as well online. So that way. It's it's home, but it's home with new stuff. Yeah, you know, and she gets to do her thing. Yeah. So, like I said, I I just this whole secondary part where you know the eBay thing that eBay the eBay thing didn't make any sense to me where he's paying for it and like <clears throat> how did Litwack how how didn't Litwack know. Like the oh, this fucking steering wheel cost twenty grand or whatever the fuck it costs. Twenty seven grand. Yeah. yeah, and it just shows up at his place, like how, yeah, like he paid for it type of thing. He's like, yeah. I didn't pay for this. Yeah. Fuck a twenty seven thousand dollars steering wheel. Yeah, you know, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I don't know how eBay works fully, but I, I mean, I would assume they have a bidding limit. No, they don't. They can just go as high as fucking possible. Uh, yeah, it goes until the 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 thing is over. But that was just, I mean, that was insanely dumb. And it, it should have just gotten to the point where uh, th- this needed this needed some finesse writing. This yeah. needed a little bit of um, uh, a different person to go through and look at this and say, hey, look, the 27 grand, that's just, that's dumb. And then this this needs to be fixed. This needs to be massaged. You know, uh, you you went way too big, way too fast. Yeah, the whole thing was about him making fucking videos, YouTube videos, and it, it just it was all this 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 trendy filler bullshit. That I, I mean, it's funny for a minute, but then it it's so empty. Yeah, you know, it leaves an empty feeling, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's just like when my my kids want to keep showing me these fucking meme videos. I'm like, dude, it's funny for a second, but I can't watch this shit for very long. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to us. Yeah. So okay, uh, Vanellope assumes the crash was her fault. But a guilty Ralph explains what he had done. Feeling betrayed, she destroys the metal and throws it away. While Ralph crushes to re- um, crushes <laughs> rushes to recover the metal, the insecurity virus scans him and begins duplicating his personality flaws. This results in a legion of Ralph clones that destroy the internet trying to find Vanellope. Which again doesn't make any sense to me because now his insecurity is a flaw. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it shouldn't be a flaw. Yeah, because that is part of learning and growing up, right? Right. The real Ralph finds her, and they work with Yes to lead the clones into an antivirus software. However, the clones collect into a giant automaton of Ralph and foil their plan. Seeing that Ralph is fighting a losing battle, Vanellope surrenders herself, but Ralph refuses to accept this. He confronts his clones by admitting to his insecurities and tells the automaton a physical separation does not mean the end of their friendship. With his insecurities resolved, the clones disintegrate, and the internet is restored, while Ralph is saved from failing... Falling. Falling. God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> from falling to his death by the combined efforts of the Disney princesses. Later, Shank arranges for Vanellope to respond in, in Slaughter Race, allowing her to stay. Uh, Ralph gives her half of his broken metal and returns to the arcade. As Sugar Rush is plugged back in, Ralph comes to terms with Vanellope's absence as he begins participating in social activities with other game characters and stays in touch with Vanellope through video chats. Right. And, uh, again, it's it's one of those movies that it's... Sh- 
This movie's like Shrek 3. What what did you say? It was a morality story from start to end. Yeah, it was and a, it, it was, was a, unneeded. It was a 2-hour moral about letting your friends pursue, you know, don't hold your friends back, accept them, let them, you know, encourage them to follow their dreams. You know, and look, we both agree that if, you know, if someone wants to move away and do something better with their life, you should encourage that. That's what a friend does, right? Right. Not hold them back. But the, the and, and but that's in, in, in this case, it's realistic mm-hmm. because you have those people that will try to hold you back. Yeah. And so it, it, but it just it still didn't feel like there was really any true development for anybody. And then the the, 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 the weak storyline with the whole fix it Felix thing, watching these babies and shit. Yeah. These girls. The racer girls. Um, someone in one of their reviews said uh, th- that that whole thing w- should have been one of those made-for-video short films. You know, they go on the DVD. It shouldn't even been in the fucking movie at all. Right. It just felt like a complete waste of time. There was no development with any other characters. It, 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 you know, there, there should have been more returning characters from the first film, or at least had more to say than one line. You know, it, it just this movie felt like a waste of time. It that's it. Ultimate, the funniest part of the entire film was during the end credits, which was that scene. That was already shown in the trailers with the little exploding bunny that ate too many pancakes. Yeah, and and they should have done a little bit more with that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Bill Hader, Bill Hader was great as J.P. Spamley, a clickbait pop yeah. pop up ad user. Um, he was inspired by a salesman that can't make a sale. That would be uh, uh, Gil <laughs> Gil from The Simpsons. So and then, you know, and thinking about it, it's like the morale the morality of the story is too. But big for kid, young kids to understand anyway, like about letting your friends pursue their dreams. Little kids don't think about that shit. Ten-year-olds don't think about that. So it's not, it didn't seem like it was important for the subject matter anyway. It just, they could have used some other kind of morality or, or something, you know, if they needed to. It it just, it was a complete waste of time. And this movie feels empty. I feel, I only have, what, what was it, one, two positives about the entire film. You know, which is um, the animation, of course, was is really, really good, especially when it shows the um, the Legion of, 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 of Ralphs. Uh-huh. That was fucking creepy looking when they kept, you know, the way they were moving all together. Right. Um, but then also, uh, you know, the race, like the racing scene uh, when she when they steal the, the car at the beginning with the slaughter race. Uh-huh. That was a cool racing sequence. But otherwise, I this movie, I just I couldn't wait to get away from it, really. You know, once it was over, it, it you know, oh, I'm sorry. There was an end credit sequence that was uh, after all the credits were over. The Rick Astley thing, you know, never going to give you up. Yeah. That was funny. But that, I mean, there was still that, that's trendy too. That everyone fucking does reenactments of of '80s shit right now. So it's not like it's anything special, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, this movie it seems like a complete waste of time for me. I I can't recommend it. I don't. Uh, this this is a straight to video. This is the Cars two, Cars Part two of of Disney animated films in my eyes. Yes. Um, my whole issue with this movie is they they went too big too fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can explore online gaming. So Rich Moore said that he and Disney had ideas about a sequel that would bring the characters more up to date. You don't need to bring the characters more up to date. They're classic video game characters yeah. is what they're supposed to be. Donkey Kong is really what it is, right? Yeah. And And what you should have done with this movie is taking the next logical step. A new game introduced for Wreck-It Ralph called, you know, Wreck-It Ralph Remastered or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Where they got upgraded. Bigger and better. Yeah, or right? Not even bigger, better. Oh, just, I'm sorry, quote-unquote bigger and better. Just Wreck-It Ralph Remastered. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and well, yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah. Okay, where he get, he gets upgraded himself, and then he becomes cocky and arrogant. Not necessarily, but yeah, you could do that. Um, and then there's your mor- morality right there. Is you know he has to learn to be humbled again. Right. I don't even think you even need to do that. It's just it's it, when Wreck It Ralph Remaster comes out, it's it's an entire new game, mm-hmm. and he has to deal with this guy that's not Wreck It Ralph. It's some other dude uh-huh. that's. Wreck It Ralph remastered. Yeah, you know WRM or whatever you W R R M, right? Yeah. And uh, um, when when that happens, or W R R, call them were, right? Yeah. Um, when that happens, you now you have this interplay between you know this the the Wreck It Ralph that has that's already um, come to terms with. Uh, who he is. Yeah, being a you villain, know? being a bad guy. Right. And now you have the new Wreck It Ralph who doesn't care. He just he, he just wrecks everything, right? Yeah. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> but he's got a different voice. Fix it Felix Jr. is like all buffed out now. Yeah, yep. You know, and he's and got it, a gun. <laughs> no, he doesn't have to have a gun. He just has a he still has a, he instead of a hammer, is it like a jackhammer yeah, or something like an shit upgrade like that. with a fucking like a like a BFG upgrade? Well he doesn't no, because it's 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 just a f- it's just an upgrade of the game over the top shit right but you don't need to go over the top with guns and stuff like that it's an upgrade of the original game so you would just upgrade fix it felix right mm. so he would be bigger you fucking buff and he'd have a you know and he had like thor's hammer or some shit like that right yeah you know th- things like that so when when you have when when you're doing a sequel and you decide that you're going to go fucking over the top big and out into the and out into the big world, it's going to work or it's not going. To, you, you, there is no in between. Yeah, this didn't work. No, because everything was just pop culture. Yeah, all it is was just a big pop culture fucking uh, Ralph. This was a. This it, was- it was just. It was just. It was a. A puke of pop culture. This was a member this about things that are still going on right now. Right. You know, like member you use Twitter. Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. Remember you use eBay. Yeah. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> remember you use Snapchat. Oh, remember. R- remember toys. Like I, I don't need confirmation story. of all this shit. It, it it's a waste of my time. Yeah. Remember remember Star Wars. <laughs> remember the Disney princesses. Yeah. God damn it. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it just. God damn it. it, it Hundred seventy five million dollars. Yeah, it, okay. and it's their money. They can do whatever the fuck they want, but it's just that. And and I would have, like I said, I would have gone with. Why don't you just introduce a new video game called Wreck It Ralph Remastered, mm-hmm. and have it be these two? The the entire game is just these overly buffed, for no reason characters because the the uh, the they're trying to. Glom on to uh, you know the glory the glory years of yesterday right yeah. and or the glory years is what you say and <laughs> um and it and even then I mean you can introduce slaughter race you could introduce this you could introduce that yeah but you're you're supposed to take the next step into the bigger world not fully jump into the bigger world you know um it, it's disappointing. It's really, really disappointing. It felt like extremely lazy writing. Yeah. Just throw away. Two working versions of the script had been scrapped before setting on, settling on the one used for the film, according to head writer Josie Trinidad. When one version, Vanellope had become self-absorbed by the internet, gaining popularity and becoming a celebrity. 
Ralph had been thrown in jail where he met the search engine Nosemore, and they had partnered together to escape prison and help Vanellope bring help to bring Vanellope back to her normal self. The second version had Ralph becoming an internet famous celebrity and would have been challenged by an antivirus program named Bev that served as a super cop and would have <laughs> been the story's villain. Trinidad said neither of these versions captured what they felt was the centerpiece for the sequel, being how Ralph and Vanellope reacted to the new world of the internet and realizing they have separate paths going forward. <laughs> Again, you can still introduce the internet and you don't need and you can still introduce the having separate paths going forward, but uh, <laughs> It's like George Carlin said, what companies would smear their diarrhea all over the place? Well, here you have it. Disney, Google, blah, blah, blah. And it just and that's what it felt like. It felt like we were just getting hammered with just fucking internet stuff, internet ads. Yeah. So thing was <laughs> fucking pop up ads with a moral moral tale. So yeah, I, I I would probably give this movie a, a two and a half out of ten. Uh, hmm. Uh, for for the most of the film, I'm just sitting there like, where the fuck? Where am I wasting my time? The beginning, it was when it was setting things up that was different. It was, I was wondering where things were gonna go, and then they went to the obvious, predictable shit, and and then so after the race, I just completely lost interest in the movie. Even though I was sitting there watching it, I just I had already checked out. I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. I, I'm I wasn't. Here we go. Ralph breaks the internet levels up on his predecessor with a funny, heartwarming sequel that expands its colorful universe while focusing on core characters and relationships. No, it doesn't. Or shit. Um, wow. Four out of five stars. A just that, that doesn't make any sense to me. The New York Times gave the film a positive review, saying that somewhere amid the film's ornate imagery and delicious, deliriously irreverent humor, we might begin to realize that we're watching a terrifying, incisive satire about the ways that a life lived online makes monsters of us all. The colorful action should delight tykes, but the smart media savvy sides make it especially appealing to grown-ups. <laughs> 3.5. Look at Joe Blow's uh, review from uh, Chris Brombe. It uh, says that the film is just as solid as the first film. It said it was better than the science fiction film Ready Player One. No, no, it wasn't. And no fucking way is it better than Ready Player One. Um, and I got problems with Ready Player One, but... Nothing in anywhere near the problems I have with this movie. Here it is. Uh, Alex Hudson of Exclaim praised the film but criticizes brand synergy, calling it a peculiar piece of metafiction and a shameless advertisement for Disney's many subsidiary film studios. Mm. Uh, describes the film as the Lego movie of Disney films and soars when it sends up the studios. But no, it's, n- it's none of that. Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet as a candy-coated, hard-shined brick of postmodernism. A Vitamax smoothie of gags, nostalgia, product placement, and fruity pebbles. Yeah, I can see uh, that, definitely. Within a few years, the specifics of the viral video gags and Ralph Breaks the Internet will be dated as a Tay joke. See, I don't even know who that is, so yep, I, I agree. <laughs> Remember? Chocolate Rain. Oh. Peter Bradshaw <laughs> of The Guardian said that the sequel to the 2012 film is somewhere between Ready Player One and the Emoji Movie, <laughs> summoning up a zero-gravity spectacle of dazzling colors and vertiginous perspectives. Ugh. Big words for a featureless and inert mashup of memes, brands, avatars, and jokes. That's exactly how we feel about it. Yep. And it, you can't fix it. Um, they should have scrapped the entire fucking script and rewrote it. You mean you can't fix it, Felix? Yeah, can't you know, fix it, Felix? Can't fix this movie. <laughs> and that's the issue. None of these people that are giving it three point five stars out of five fucking watch the movie that we watched. I think the only reason is why is because it's also trendy to be on the girl power train. 
you know, and because this movie, I mean, but none of these reviews mention girl power. Yeah, I I know, but it just, I mean, because that that's a positive I can think of in the movie is that, you know, there's there's no like weak female characters in the film. They're all they all they all. But none s- of these strong. reviews talk about that. Every one of the positive reviews is this. What makes the movie compelling, despite the subdued dramatic payoff, is that is a it is a heightened reflection of our experience, our love affair, really. With our gadgets, our apps, and our brands. God. Every one of the reviews is brand synergy would have worked better as a pre-movie animated short. Uh, here you go. Felix and Calhoun's yeah. subplot. You said that right there. Yeah. That was what it, yeah, that's where I read it from. Um, but every one of these things says the almost exact same thing. Um, we're watching a terrifying, incisive satire about the ways that a live a life lived online makes monsters of us all compelling because of gadgets, apps, and brands would have worked better than anyone well, doesn't matter. But there was no, there was no mor- moral about that. The moral was just about R- um, Ralph being selfish and obsessive. That was it. There was no... There is nothing there that says moral. It just says it's just a heightened reflection of our experience. Yeah, there's no, you know, the whole monsters of us all shit. I, nah, I, no, it's somewhere amid the films. This is what the New York Times wrote. Again, uh, amid the film's ornate imagery and deliriously irreverent humor, we might begin to realize that we're watching a terrifying, incisive satire. Uh, I just none of it wasn't a satire; it was an embrace. Again, you're not hearing it. We might begin to realize that we're watching a terrifying, incisive. This is his opinion about the ways that a life lived online makes monsters of us all. Uh, Colorful action should delight tykes, but the smart media savviest side. Asides make it especially appealing to grown-ups. None of this is... This is all just fucking hoopla. Hoopla! It, these guys don't get it. They're just trying to get a quote for the movie. Yeah. And that's all it is. And when you have the real guys at the bottom, uh, from the Observer, from the rap, telling it pretty much like it is, or from the Guardian, that this movie is nothing... What you think it's going to be? It's it's not irreverent. It's it's got some humor in it, but it's it's a it's a morality story or morals, um, a story with morals that, at some point, you you just it's it's beating you over the head with to death. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. None of these other quotes are 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 honest. They are not honest. <laughs> <laughs> Directors Richmore and Phil Johnston said that a, said that a Ralph Breaks the Internet spinoff film f- uh, focusing on the Disney princesses could be made depending on the audience's response and if there's a good story to be told. Well, there wasn't a good fucking story here. No. So, eh. So, fuck this movie. This movie, I, you know what? I have to say it. The movie's a piece of shit. It is. Y- you have all this opportunity to do all these things and this is what you do with it? Fuck this movie. Mm. I don't think it's a piece of shit, but it's not. <clears throat> it's an extremely wasted it's effort. It's not an A-plus movie. It is not an A-plus movie. Definitely a wasted it's, effort. It's a disappointment. So, yeah. Some shit on this movie. I don't even think we should do trivia on it. <laughs> well, too bad we're doing trivia. Yeah, all right. Pop it up. I got, pop it up. I got trivia for my picks of the week. I don't have trivia for this. <sighs> Only you. Mary Costa is the only living original voice actress not to reprise her role as her Disney princess, uh, Aurora. Due to her age, she could not play a 16-year-old princess. Oh, they couldn't do any fucking magic with, uh, you know, technology, sound, all that shit. Okay, whatever. 
A non-speaking Stan Lee avatar can be seen in a brief cameo while traversing the internet. Why don't you do the second one? That's actually better. Okay, well, when an internet ad tells Ralph, sassy housewives want to meet you, the woman on the image is Aunt Cass from Big Hero 6. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's funny. All right. At one point, Ralph arrives at a sort of dumping ground for the internet and encounters relics from the web's past. These include an ad for the web hosting site GeoCities, a large ship's helm representing Netscape Navigator, and a reference to personal chat rooms, which flourished before the advent of instant messaging and texting. This one's actually pretty funny. During the princess pajama party scene, many of the Disney princesses are wearing T-shirts that reflect their own films. Example, Tiana says Nola, which references her hometown of New Orleans. Um, Moana's ha- has a picture of a large crab that reads shiny. <laughs> Just like the song sung by Tamato in her movie. And a shirt reads, uh, Finish Each Other's, and a picture of a sandwich. A lyric to the song she sang in Frozen. The second time the shark is seen in Slaughter Race, it opens its mouth to reveal Louisiana Sportsman's Paradise license plate, which is a reference to the plate pulled from the tiger shark's digestive system in the movie Jaws. The calendar on the computer at the beginning of the film is Wednesday, November 21st, the film release day. Merida and Buzz Lightyear are the first characters from a Pixar film to make their first full appearance in a film not by Pixar. Hmm. I I, I have to look into that one. I'm not sure. Could be true, though. Huh. This sequel takes place six years after Wreck-It Ralph, the same amount of time that's passed in real life between the release of the two films. The sign outside Litwax Arcade verifies this further, which is once read in the first movie as Happy Fifth Birthday, SVSY, and now says Happy 11th Birthday, SVSY. Hmm. I, I guess it can make sense that the characters never age, right? Because they're <coughs> you know, just like in Toy Story. The, the toys look the same. No matter how much time goes by. So Andy gets older, but they, they stay the same. <coughs> I could believe that. The end credits go on for nearly 17 minutes. It felt like fucking ever that we were sitting in there, huh? Yeah, because you always want to stay for the after credits bullshit. <laughs> like you never do. Not for everything. Gal Gadot's uh, tough street racer character is based on her role as Giselle in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Shank's role is closer to the one of Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, who plays Baby Groot in the film. Mm. Ooh. The earlier versions of Vanellope and the Princesses scene in trailers were heavily criticized partially because Tiana's skin tones were lighter and her nose is smaller than the feature The Princess and the Frog. As a result, the animators had to rework certain parts of the sequence with the help of original actress Annika Noni Rose. Have you ever seen The Princess and the Frog? I have it on uh, DVD, so yes, I have seen it. Um, it's not one of those films I, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen it like once or twice, and, and it's just not my, my cup of tea, or it's not my bowl of gumbo. <coughs> the producers were able to get permission from Lucasfilm to cameo some of the characters from the Star Wars films and to include some jokes in it. However, one character they were unable to do so was Kylo Ren. The script originally had a joke where Vanellope calls Kylo a spoiled child. Upon showing the idea, they requested directors Rich Moore and Phil Johnson not to show that, for it sounded disrespectful for the character who is the principal villain in the current Star Wars trilogy. Except that the funny thing is, is that Kylo Ren is modeled after all of the 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 uh, what do you call it um, haters yeah. of the Star Wars fan fan the fanboys fanboys the angry fanboys. Yeah, that's what he's modeled after. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> It's Obi-Wan. He's holding me back. I know that's Anakin. Um, all right. Uh, the logo for the movie was made to resemble an app icon, while the Wreck-It Ralph 2 banner resembles a notification slash update. God. 
This will be the Screaming Goat's third appearance in a 2018 animated film. The first being Smallfoot, and the second being Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. The movie will be released 90 years after Mickey Mouse's very first appearance in Steamboat Willie from 1928. Slaughter Race is based on the Twisted Metal franchise, complete with clown references. I love this one. The sequel is rumored to include characters from PC slash console video games, alongside characters from arcade games. No fucking shit. Shit. (laughs) I mean, really? Let's have a picture of uh, Captain Obvious standing there with it. Holding it up. Hmm? In Wreck-It Ralph, Mr. Litwack's game is listed as his name tag. On his name tag is Stan. In this film, it's listed as Dell. Okay, so continuity problem, I guess? Not necessarily. All right. In the first film where Ralph uh, meets Vanellope, it's the 30th anniversary of, of the Fix-It Felix Jr. arcade game. But in this film, Ralph says that he met her after he'd been around for 27 years. So that means that Litwack has had the game for, th- for three years after the release. Yeah. So you could, sugar, you, you could correct that if you wanted. So to. so literally, Sugar Rush has been around for twenty seven years. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog once said that if a character dies in a different game, that they wouldn't be able to regenerate. However, the crash of Vanellope and Ralph's light cycles in Tron did not technically kill them; they were merely frame frozen in midair due to the virus affecting that part of the game. That makes no sense. That's not a goof. Yeah, I don't even know why the fuck it was brought. Go ahead. Oh, in Wreck It Ralph, we learned that if a Game characters do not show up in his game during working hours of the arcade, and it's not noticed by the patron. Patron, la la la, la. the game is taken out of order and could be unplugged forever. However, the events where Ralph and Penelope are on the internet take at least twenty-four hours, and yet n- neither of their respective games are taken out of order. I wish they would stop writing that, unless, of course, the Penelope and Ralph clones from Kingdom Hearts three were temporarily drafted to cover for their originals. No. See, Vanellope's game was already out of order because the steering wheel was broken. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, trivia has confirmed this movie sucks. Are you looking forward six years from now for no. Rick Ralph 3? No. No, I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> Is that all we got? We got news? Um, well, if, you want, if you wanted to, we could mention the, the Captain Marvel trailer. Do we have news? Don't we don't really do news after all this? Daredevil's been canceled. Okay. There's a new Lion King live action trailer. Okay. And it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. So we don't have news. That's it. I mean, there ain't, fuck, dude, there ain't shit. It, we have a Captain Marvel trailer. Yeah, I just said that. We have, we have, come on, man. What is, I mean, what is there worth talking about? I, yeah, fuck Nick Jonas. Fuck I, Kevin I'm Hart. I'm not worried about that stuff. Fuck Kevin Hart, and now I'm hosting the Oscars. That's what we, you know what, that's what our news should be from now on. Everything that's not this fucking bullshit, or no, nobody, no, but nobody will just, listen to our fucking show because it's all negative bullshit. I don't want to do that. I don't like it because of it. Fuck this and fuck that. Uh, How exciting is that? Back in my day, <laughs> we didn't have celebrities. <laughs> oh, Eddie Murphy needs to get off his wife. Yeah, goddamn, he's got the tenth kid, man. He's 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 a Sean Kemp of fucking comedians. I have no idea who Troy Gentry is. <laughs> Realistic Clark Griswold Christmas decoration as people calling 911. <laughs> uh, oh, Philip Bosco died. Ken Berry died. No. <laughs> I'm not worried about that stuff. No. This is the oddest thing I've ever seen. Radio station pulls baby. It's cold outside amid Me Too movement. Uh, I think that's because um, uh, CeeLo Green wanted was going to sing it. And he made those rape comments about four years ago. And that's why you never hear about CeeLo Green anymore. That's why he doesn't do the voices on uh, as the mummy on Transylvania. 
Hotels Transylvania 2 and 3. And I'm the, I mean, that's what I'm assuming. An Ohio radio station dropped the Christmas classic Baby is Cold Outside for having no place in today's extra-sensitive world. Oh, God. I do realize that when the song was written in 1944, it was a different time, but now while reading it, it seems very manipulative <laughs> and wrong. Actually, it, when reading it, you're not even getting half the lyric. That lady is with a man yeah. who is, I guess, her fiancé, and it was taboo for them to sleep together, but he's like, it's cold outside, just stay the night. Yeah. Right? Uh, one more cigarette. No, not One necessarily, but yeah. That's what they say in the song. And the debate over the tune, which includes the lyric, hey, what's in my drink, gets stirred up every Christmas season. And this year, uh, especially in light of the widespread Me Too movement against sexual harassment and assault, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, seriously, get the fuck out of here. If you think that, if you, if you can equate Baby yeah. It's Cold Outside to rape and Me Too and all this other shit, then... You're reading it like you're reading the fucking Bible. You're only getting, you're only reading it to uh, understand your own view and your own version of the song. And the song is based on a 1944 ideal that women and men can't sleep together unless they're married. Yeah. So therefore, she's trying to go home to conserve to 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 play this game so that she is not viewed as a tramp and he's not viewed as as a piece of shit. Yeah. That's what the song is about. But hey. What do I know? I know. It's, uh, but there was a, a thing about um, that uh, CeeLo Green was going to do his, a cover of that song, and people were like, fuck that. You already made those rape comments. We don't need you doing a rapey song. <laughs> yeah, because it's a rapey song. <laughs> come on, baby. I, I call it the come on, baby song. Come on, baby. Come on. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie criticized for bullying and bigotry. ha. <laughs> Isn't that the point? I mean, come on. It's about facing adversity. I mean, if you listen to the fucking songs, then how the reindeer loved him. Oh, we don't like you because you have a red nose and you're different. But, oh, wow, you helped us? Now we like you. Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) I know. Fuck off with your sensitivity. Uh, Did you know that Marvel has nothing to do with Netflix cancellation of their own TV shows? Yeah, but from what I understand... um, the, the the Disney streaming will not renew these shows. They are, they are not coming on there at all. Are you sure about that? The guy who writes the shows, he said that he said that Disney executives um, want to don't they don't want the they want to do other things. So that these shows are and because of contractual agreements with the actors and everything that there's no way that's in his words that no way that these shows will show up on Disney streaming. Now Hulu could be a different st- story because Disney owns like ninety percent of fucking Hulu or they own a large chunk of Hulu now. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand why they were canceling it. The, and and then, of course, IGN says, these cancellations arrive as Disney is preparing its Disney Plus streaming service, and we discussed if that was the reason for ending these shows or if there's more to the story. One has nothing to do with the other. Marvel doesn't cancel TV shows. They don't have that ability to cancel these TV shows. Only Netflix can cancel the TV shows. This was written about weeks ago. While Netflix has said that three seasons of Daredevil will remain on the service, those looking for new stories will be happy to know that Marvel has promised that we can look forward to more adventures with the man without fear in the future. Uh, who knows what that's going to mean. Long yeah. story short. Uh, Do you know that Constantine is on um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow? Yes. I didn't know. I Did I quit watching that show? Oh, and by the way, Marvel's pissed that this got canceled because they said that all the entire season four has been storyboarded mm-hmm. and they don't understand why. It's, it's ready to go. Okay, so, well then maybe they'll put it on Hulu then. I, I don't fucking know. I, yeah, we we all don't we don't 
we don't know what the fuck yeah. is going on. I mean, so. look, each each season of Daredevil is like a year and a half apart anyway. So there's still time to fucking remedy this. So, anyways, that's all I got. So, all right. Um, you don't want to talk about the Lion King trailer? No, because you didn't come prepared for news. Because yeah, uh, so you want to do this now? We just peruse through and just. I mean, if if you're not going to come prepared for news, then there's we, not nothing we, worth we really either shit can it or or we do that. I mean, I I like how we just scan through real quick. I I think that's fucking funny because we can make funny old old creeper comments about shit, whatever. <laughs> It's a piece of shit. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, two grumpy old fucks. Uh, no, this is one grumpy old fuck that wishes somebody would do their goddamn job. That's all. Blowjob. So that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fuck off, everybody. Bye. Bye.